to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome to episode 211, Jesus fucking Christ, of the Daves I Know podcast. 211, guys. It's, this, <laughs> is, this is insane. Um, we have a special guest, so we're going to get to her uh, very, very quickly. Um, and uh, But we want to mention uh, Patreon, if you're not a member of the Patreon, patreon.com slash Daves I Know. It helps with the Daves that you know. Uh, I have been, I've been actually literally saying this for the last two weeks. Um, I'm going to send out an email for the day, the Heath out stout beer. Um, and I have not sent that email out. It's literally on my agenda for like the first thing I do tomorrow after I drop my kids off um, the in-laws uh, house at their grandparents' house. I will, I will send a fucking email um, and we'll schedule some uh, Heath out stout pickups. So uh, join the Patreon if you want. We still have extra Heath out stout beer. Patreon.com slash the Daves. I know to help support the Daves that you know. Um, but more importantly, we have a we have a very special guest. So for, before we get to that guest, we're going to talk to MJ very quickly. MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super happy Molly's on the COP podcast. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's okay. No one knows who I am. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like let you vamp so I could take a drink of my beer, but that's cool. Uh, and then we have Jess as well. Uh, Jess, how are you doing? I am well. I can't believe and- Long weekend's already over. It's like, damn. I mean, it, yeah, technically, it's technically we've got like three more hours or so. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then, as uh, as MJ alluded to, uh, we have our special guest uh, Molly Wagner on the uh, on the podcast at Crazy Calico uh, on yeah. Twitter. Um, Molly, how are you doing? Thanks for thanks for joining us. I'm pretty good. It's a little too warm in Seattle for me right now, but I'm from here. So anything about 70 and I'm like, I'm fucking fine. Um, but yeah, not too bad. Curious to see what you guys have to say about my boys. Well, we have, we have thoughts on Seattle as we always oh, do. Um, don't worry. I mean, I, I look at Minnesota as kind of like the, like another version of Vancouver Whitecaps. We love you guys. We want you to do well as long as it's not against us. Yeah. All right, um, MJ. So you're friends with Molly. We figure we would give you uh, a little bit of an opportunity here to uh, to flex out and ask Molly some questions so that our our listeners and, and Jess and myself can get to know Molly a little bit. Yeah, ask me anything. I'm ready. Well, Molly, number one, how'd you get into soccer? Um, my parents met at a Sounders game in 1980, and the rest is kind of history for me. They met at the kingdom. The story is that my mom, my grandmother, and my two uncles had, I think their season tickets were like four rows behind our bench. And the doctor that they were friends with had the previous four seats. He sold them to a group of guys. One day, one of those guys was my dad. The rest is kind of history. 
Wow, that's like Sounders version 1.0. That goes way back. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and like I have some really cool like stories for my own history, but my mom is like fucking bananas because she was at Soccer Bowl 74. She skipped her college graduation to go to Memorial Stadium for the home opener. Like I will never be as cool as my mom. And I know that sounds nerdy, but like she's got stories of players walking down the halls at Soccer Bowl 77 in the hotel room. And I'm just like, what? Who has these? Um, she is now really funny about kissing the cup because of Soccer Bowl 76. Excuse me. When Eusebio asked her if she wanted to kiss it and she turned him down. And I'm just like, this is fucking bananas. Like, who, you said no to you, Stubio? Like, what the hell? And she's like, I didn't know who I was then. So that's, and like, I grew up on the side of soccer fields, really. Uh, my dad was a coach, ODP, coach, referee, you name it, we did it. Um, he hung out, his best friend ran the original soccer store here in Seattle. It closed, I want to say in 2006-ish. I don't honestly remember, but like when the Sounders first came back on MLS, my mom makes fun of us to this day over this because like people like Alan Hinton and Cliff McCrath were coming on TV and commentating and we were going to the living room and be like, mom, hey, why are dad's friends on TV? Like we don't get it because we, we didn't know them as these big soccer guys. We knew them as friends of our dads and that's really it. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm just got a text that kind of caught me off. No, sorry, uh, soccer store, <laughs> yeah. And so, when Denzel ran his shop, and we would go in and we'd hang out, and like we have memories of like Uncle Nubby trying to steal our food, and and we were just like, why, what's the big deal about him? We didn't know he was like one of the most winning coaches in college soccer history. We didn't know that he was there and he's part of the reason that we got the Sounders in the seventies in the first place. Like we didn't know he was just dad's buddy at the bar. Like <laughs> that's, that's what we grew up with. And so I've been around it my entire life. Like when I moved to San Francisco for school, my mom very casually took me aside and like got really quiet and she was like you know you become a san jose earthquake fan you're no longer a part of this family and i was like fuck okay thanks um that's that's i mean that's great life advice i i i will give that <laughs> advice to my uh to my children i'm like if you ever become a man city fan um you're out of the fucking will which is probably fine by them because my wife makes all the money in the house. So they're probably like, whatever, dad, fuck you. I don't really care. But um, anyways, uh, you married into a man city. I did. And unfortunately it just a man city fan. Um, I, I just want to point out people can't see this. Um, they will try and grab a, a screenshot or whatever, but uh, Molly is sitting in a room and has a Seattle Sounders, Miguel Ibarra Jersey behind her. Yes. Right. And now. I have a Thunderbirds game worn sweater behind it. And if you look at the very top, there is my greatest goodwill score ever. It's a Seattle Thunderbird stick from like the 93-94 season. So right before Marlowe became a bird. 
That's awesome. That's very cool. So, all right, MJ, I'll let you continue. Molly, uh, I'm always impressed with your knowledge and about soccer history, not just Sounders history. Is there anything you want to promote, projects you're working on, what have you? I am kind of, so it's been a slow process, as you guys can imagine, with podcasts and getting together and everybody getting on the same page. And I don't know if my mic is working. Um, You're good. You're good. Okay. Because I, but I'm trying to launch this project. It's called The Lads of August. And it's all about the players and the fans who went to the North American Soccer League. I can tell you from a statistical point of view what happened in every game, in every minute, who played when, if they were injured, I can tell you that. I have the documentation. I can't tell you why, and like, I'm really fixated on a member of the Minnesota Kicks. I have been for a few years now. It's, well, I'm like starting to creep myself out with it, to be honest. But I can't tell you why the, the group that created the OG Minnesota Kicks went after Freddie Goodwin and why he was like, you know what? Yes. I will come coach your new team in Minnesota. I can't tell you that, but maybe, yes. See, I have, I, I love Freddie Goodwin. Um, just the fact that you, we had a Busby babe coach the Minnesota kicks and then go on to coach the Tacoma stars and then retire to gig Harbor. Why? So I'm always, we've only interviewed one player so far. I interviewed Dave Gillett, who is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. He was an original Sounders player, played with us through, I think, almost the entire time we were in the North American Soccer League, but an incredibly nice, kind human being. And a lot of this came about because of Pepe Fernandez, who is another legendary Sounders player. But these guys deserve to be remembered for the history and the tracks that they let laid, especially for MLS. <laughs> like, you can't tell me MLS would be here without the North American Soccer League right. or without the American <clears throat> Soccer League. Yeah. So if any of your fans have stories or have connections they would like to share or be willing to share, please don't hesitate to email me and I will give you guys the email at the end of the episode. Yeah, we actually, uh, so, so in pre MJ and Jess iteration of this podcast, we interviewed, uh, we had Alan Willie of the Minnesota kicks on the podcast. I think he would be interested. And, and I know, and MJ knows, um, uh, Chris Lidholm, um, who is a Minnesota soccer broadcaster for a long time. And, and Brian Korstad who are, have, are still connected to a lot of the, uh, Minnesota kicks players. So I think we might be able to um, help facilitate a little bit of conversations with you for that. I think that's at least the least we can do. We can at least try to get that it, it moving in the right direction for you. So, and then I, those guys like, probably, yeah. I understand that it, it's new. There's no episodes out yet, but again, I'm all I want is to talk to them about their careers and what made them go, Hey, America sounds like fun. Like, so, so and so many of those guys like just came here and then like just stayed here they're like you know what fuck it <laughs> like yeah married married women 
had lives and relationships and, and all that just there was like, yeah, like, you know, I want to I want to live here. So I think it's a really cool idea. And I think um, I, I for sure I will, I will help facilitate that. I'm, I'm sure MJ would as, would as well with the people that we know to help, you know, get some um, people that you can interview so you can get some stuff in the can so that you actually have something to put out into the world that you can then show other people like, hey, it's it, it's not just a it's not just this weird podcast. We actually are, are producing something that has some value to it too. So. Yeah. And cause my whole thought is if no one listens to it, great, but we have it as a record. Right. And I know, do you guys count the original Minnesota kicks years in your history? Um, we don't, the team doesn't, the team doesn't even count the uh, uh, NASL version of the team in their history um which is is a is a is a point of contention between um one sg and uh, particularly another like there's like one like there's like one sg that's like oh this all started when we joined and then it all started again when we joined mls and the dark clouds which mj and i are are have been longtime members of are like no no this thing goes back it goes back to the league, you know, the league a days or whatever um, with the, with the thunder. And, you know, I don't know if we ever actually like sort of really like, we all appreciated the kicks history. I don't know if we actually like uh, counted it as part of our history. We definitely count the thunder and the stars and the MNUFC NASL days as part of our history. So Sounders. Yeah, MJ, am I am I missing anything, or is that about sum it up? There have been either coaches or players, or family of coaches or players that have been involved in a sort of continual flow from the sort of thunder to the present. Yeah, and so for a lot of us, even though it's technically different franchises, it feels like the same club. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's so it's not necessarily officially recognized by anybody, but I think it's spiritually recognized. And for the team itself, like they don't consider anything that happened before 2017 as being part of their history, which is just frustrating as as a supporter. Oh, um, okay, maybe it's because I'm in the Cascadia bubble, and all three teams on. Cascadia acknowledge it accept it embrace it hell San Jose even tries to accept it and embrace it but we make fun of them for it (laughs) um but we are very we are it's 2021 we are three years away from the 50th anniversary of the Sounders being a club like (laughs) that's I want to get some stuff out because I hey 50th anniversary let's let's talk (laughs) yeah I mean, also, I think we actually probably know a few people who are non-players who, uh, who you might be interested in chatting with about um, some NASL history, too. So uh, I don't want to derail. Uh, MJ, I think, has one more question that has multiple parts, um, as MJ question is want to do. So I don't want to derail him um, before we get to this last question. But yeah, let's chat offline uh, about yeah. how we can help you out. So Speaking of the 50th anniversary, the Sounders have had three incarnations. The first starting in 1974, the NASL 1.0 version. Uh, that play, They played the Minnesota Kicks. Then there was the APSL A-League USL1 team. 
from 94 to 2008. They played the Minnesota Thunder on a regular basis. And then there wasn't any Minnesota versus Seattle soccer for a long while <laughs> uh, after 2008. But the current version that started in 2009 plays in MLS, and obviously they played Minnesota United. Do you have a favorite Seattle versus Minnesota moment? Again, does it have to be well, if it's not officially on the record? Like, well, even better. Okay, so one year I took my sister down to Desert Diamond Cup in Arizona. We were there for a week, week and a half, something like that. We were watching, if you've ever been down to FC Tucson's complex, there's a main field, then there's like three on one side and two on the other. I'm going to be off on that. I think there might be just one on one side. Either way, it's a beautiful complex. Over by the locker room, which all the teams share, there's this like really large grassy spot. And while we were watching the Sounders practice, because all of this is open to the public, you're allowed to come in, hang out. In fact, it's encouraged. I noticed this group of guys over there practicing without a field. They were just in this grassy patch. And I was like, well, who's who's that? Who the hell is that? And it wasn't until they came onto the field that we realized it was Minnesota United that last year before they became MLS. Nicest group of guys I've ever met. We actually, one of the, one of the media guys came over and was like, hey, like, just so sweet. And was just, hey, do you, are you guys going to be here to watch the game? And we're like, well, yeah. He's like, can I leave my gear with you so I can go work? And we were just like, yes. Mm-hmm. of course and my sister and I were just looking at each other going wait who is this guy like who are they and we're like oh my god it's Minnesota and I was like oh my god and we just and then they played a scrimmage I don't honestly remember anything that happened in that game <laughs> and I remember sitting like there was a lot of we were there for vacay it's Arizona it was my sister's birthday there was a lot going on like we got in trouble with the FC Tucson supporters because they started it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but we were just so enamored that there was nothing on social media about them being Arizona. And I was just like, this is cool. We get to see them before they become MLS. And that's kind of a thing with me. <laughs> like, I just remember thinking that this is, oh, this is so cool, you know, I've never seen an NSAL team in person in any form, whether it be the old, like clearly not the old version or the current version. So it was really exciting. Um, that's, that's my main one. I have a lovely story about a fan who came up to me at Blackheart after that last draw in Minnesota against the Sounders. Absolutely lovely lady. I wore... I don't know if you guys are familiar with our electricity kit from like 2009. You look like a highlighter. It is highlighter yellow. And my buddy, it was her first Sounders game and we were in Minnesota for it. And she was super nervous because she's like, we're in an opponent's bar after the game. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know what? I have on a black hoodie and this jersey underneath. I take off my hoodie, throw it in my seat and I just stand up at her table. Everyone who is giving us dirty looks as Sounders fans immediately turned to look at me and I'm like, what? My jersey's older than your team. <laughs> and then it was like the end of it. But this really lovely lady came over to me and showed me her thunder, 
for Minnesota Thunder jersey with photos in the numbers. Mm. And she was like, oh, here's me and my husband. And it was just, it was very sweet. And then she told me about how, you know, oh, that Will Bruin, he's, he's pretty easy on the eyes. And I was like, <laughs> yes, he is. I, I'm guessing that was uh, Teresa Peterson. Was it a uh, kind of a smaller blonde woman? Yes. Yeah, so it was Ter- that was Teresa Peterson. <laughs> so, she spent a lot of time in just, Seattle. Yes, she did. She, she, yeah, she spent, yeah, spent some time in Seattle. So, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. This is fun. Yeah. Everybody else in the group was just kind of like closed off and being themselves. And I was like, who wants to talk? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually the nice thing about the Black Heart is that you will always find someone to talk to you at the Black Heart um, af- before and after a match. So, um, like, I, I was texting Wes as we're leaving the stadium going, hey, just a heads up. You have a group of Sounders fans coming to the bar. He's like, he's like, you getting a drink? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you going to start fights? I'm like, God, I hope not. And he's like, cool. <laughs> come on in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. MJ? Last, last oh, question, Molly, on the get to know you. Uh, in 2008, there was a poll because a new team was happening in MLS. That was the Seattle team. They said, what do you want for a team name? Seattle FC, Seattle Alliance, or Seattle Republic? And then there was a write-in option. Uh, did you vote? And uh, and if so, who did, do you remember who, who you uh, wrote in or voted for? I didn't because I don't. Okay. I'm going to, if I make you guys feel old, I'm sorry. I graduated high school in 2007. So <laughs> I don't honestly remember, like, I remember it happening, but I'm like, I had a, I had enough of my own shit going on at the time, but my mom did because she was like, if they don't call it the Sounders, I'm not going, I'm done with it. <laughs> and for somebody who is in, like an original season ticket holder to be like, if they don't call it the fucking Sounders, I'm done. It's like, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but I know my mom did. And I remember it being the writing, like that one by such a landslide that we were like, why did you even put these other three names out? <laughs> you yeah. could have just been like, we're naming it this. And everyone would have been happy. You would have saved yourself effort. But the vote is the tradition because that's kind of, if I'm not mistaken, there was a vote in 74 as well. Ah. Well, uh, three different teams, all, all Sounders. Uh, and, you know, eventually we'll get to talk about Minnesota United playing the Sounders in this podcast. I'm sorry. I'm long-winded today. Yeah. No, we will. It's, it's, it's totally fine. No, so, I, I'm um, foreshadowing here. Yeah. No complaints. This is why we uh, brought you on the pod, Molly. <sighs> Let, I've let, been around this my entire life. <laughs> Let's do a little bit of uh, of promotion uh, stuff right now. Um, we don't normally do promotion on this podcast other than um, rum hams. Um, put rum and hams and then drink it. Uh, all right. So if you guys not, have not heard, uh, Minnesota Woso, the Minnesota women's soccer team, just announced and just went public on Tuesday with the shares for sale. Um, was supposed to start at like Tuesday at like 8 o'clock in the morning. It didn't actually get launched until like 9 p.m. at night. Uh, I hung out with Wes at the Blackheart that night, actually, because uh, that was the absolutely third anniversary of the Blackheart opening. And so <laughs> it was me and Wes sitting at the Blackheart bar. Um, and he was just like, oh, shit, I don't know if this is actually going to happen. And then 
I get the email from the the WeFunder site. We saying, hey, they're on sale. And so then it was like he had like let off a bunch of steam. He sang um a uh, a weird REM song, not an REM song, um a the uh fucking uh psycho killer, which I did not I do not I did not realize has a shit ton of French words in it. It's so weird. Like I'm like, oh yeah, psycho killer, that's that's a fun like karaoke song. Not when you have to read the words and it's like all this fucking French shit. So, anyways, long you story needed short, me. You needed yeah. me. Yes, Jess, we didn't. We did need you. I think we. I, I think Wes put it out in his Twitter. So I don't know why you weren't there. I was. A little <laughs> you. Um, but uh, Minnesota Woso shares went on sale on Tuesday. Um, the you just go if you think you go if you Google Minnesota women's soccer, it's a way to do it. Uh, shares are twenty five dollars a piece. Uh, minimum is a hundred dollars. Um. And that gives you access to voting on things like team names, for example. Um, so if you don't want to have a shitty team name, it's a good way to tell prevent a shitty team name. Uh, things like uh, like the color scheme and, and, and all that fun stuff, uh, as well as uh, community um, community owners, which is what everybody who buys shares are, will have a say in, in electing two people to the board every year, which is really cool. So there's five board members, sort of like the five, so I think, founders and then there'll be two community board members who will have a say in, in all the stuff in terms of like hiring the coach and all the you know the regular logistics so if you are really into like soccer nerdery and want to get involved in the franchise um said so they went on sale tuesday until they sell out they had forty thousand shares it said 25 dollars a share um if you want to vote if you said if you want to get on that team name votes and all that other stuff uh get on it soon it said the minimum is a hundred dollars um it's it i bought uh I bought eight shares uh, for for each of my kids, my son Ragnar and my daughter Clara, um, as something that just I can give to them when they turn eighteen. So, and I know my like my my father in law bought shares, my aunt bought shares for the for the kids. So, like my kids, my kids actually might accumulate enough shares to actually own the fucking team by the time everything is all said and done. So, I really highly recommend it if you have the if you have the the, the money to do it. Um, this is, I think this is, is a really op- good opportunity. And honestly, it's the, it's the only women's soccer club that is community owned. Um, there are a couple men's soccer teams, Chattanooga and uh, Detroit FC are community owned in this way. Um, but it's the only women's one. And so it's, it's, it's a model for other women's teams to, uh, and men's teams, honestly, for that matter, to, to take and to use. So um, please get involved if you, if you can. So uh anything you guys have any anything else on uh mn woso mj or jess molly do you want to talk about uh seattle tacoma woso at all um i don't really remember when the rain became a thing i was really into the sounders women when they became when they came to starfire fort dent whatever the hell you want to call it as a word of advice from a kind of like somebody who's been there with these lower level women's clubs enjoy it because this time goes very quickly. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Like, I did more for Sanders women back when they had all of the big players that it was just baffling to me. Like, enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Show up. Have fun. And if you can, don't be a misogynistic prick to these women. That's a pretty good advice, just generally. <laughs> Don't be a misogynistic yeah. prick to people. Um, Some of the things I heard in line waiting to get back into the stadium, 
really turned me off to the fan base for women's soccer. That's yeah, that's terrible. Um, I mean, the only the uh, oh, until this year, the only actual collegiate soccer that we had, or the only women's soccer that we had, was the Golden Gophers, and they don't have a men's soccer team. They only have a women's soccer team. So we've actually, yeah. Um, so actually, and there's been the, the Golden Gophers uh, soccer team gets really great crowds out of a stadium that's kind of close to the where our state fair is, just a little bit north of. Um, just about north of the stadium, about two and a half miles or so. Um, so yeah, so it's a, actually it's a. I think there's there's a, there's an appetite and a, a desire for for like more soccer in Minnesota, especially in the Twin Cities, and and specifically for women's soccer. I think that's kind of the, the big thing, the fact that um, Minnesota United has not sort of even tried to approach that is is kind yeah. of the thing that like pushed this group into motion. Um, which I think is a good thing. So um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to I'm really looking forward to bringing my kids to the first game of the year uh, next year in 2022 and and all that. So the last three years of the Minnesota Thunder, they had the Minnesota Lightning, you know, from 2006 to 2009, and we haven't right. had a, yeah. a pro team since then. Mm-hmm. I forgot I'm about curious. the Minnesota Lightning. Between the two, between the Twin Cities, how many current teams do you have? Like college to mls both men's and women's oh too many <laughs> um I'm, so there, I'm from the northwest try me <laughs> yeah so there's um so there's uh there's plenty of d3 colleges for on the men's side um there's minneapolis city which is in the npsl right now um three mpsl teams yeah three mpsl teams that are that are located in the in the in the metro area total um there is no women's team outside of the the golden gophers uh, in terms of college uh, wrong there are oh right chicago well, wpsl teams wpsl which didn't play this year so um so yes i forgot about them but yeah there's four wpsl teams uh uh this team will be in the uslw um which is a new a new league that's forming so um it's like kind it's like it's not pro but it's also, I think, a step up above the WPSL in, in terms of like the investments that they're expecting for the teams. Like they're expecting, um, you know, more investments than WPSL, which is basically like, yeah, um, we're we're gonna throw you all together and and you know practice a couple times and then mostly play games. So, uh, all right, finally, uh, TC Futsal is hosting a fundraiser benefiting uh, TC Soul. Uh, and the Karen FA um, it's on this coming Saturday, nine, nine uh, 11, never forget from, from 11, from one to 4 PM. Um, I say that in jest uh, play registration is $10 per person. It goes straight to the organizations. This is happening at Ladonia uh, Cerveceria in North wow. Minneapolis, um, which is a really awesome brewery it has a, the futsal court literally built right outside of the brewery. Um, it's uh excited. It's ten dollars per person. All the money goes straight to the organizations, TC Saul and uh, Car and FA. And then there's going to be a Minnesota United v Seattle watch party directly after the game. So spend ten bucks, play some soccer for a little bit, and then uh, and then watch Minnesota United. Um, hopefully beat Seattle if we have anything to say about it. So um, Wonderwall affiliates are all a part of this. Yes. And it- if you're not a part of the dark clouds or true north elite or red loons, 
you're still welcome to come. You're, yeah. You can come to the watch party. You can come to the participate in the futsal tournament. If you're not doing that stuff, you can volunteer your time. Yes, there's uh, yeah volunteer opportunities as well. Um, if you have if any questions about that, DM me. I can I can direct you to uh, Bridget McDowell, who's been on our podcast before. She's kind of running point on this. Um, but yeah, it, and it's it's going to be just basically you, you pay ten bucks, you get put on a team. They're trying to like make it so it's not a bunch of like a ringers come in and do all that. So it's kind of fun and all that. You get to play with other players, which is really cool. Um, and it's a three v three tournament, so because um, the the futsal card is, is pretty small. So you don't, you don't have a ton of space to run around. So even if you're like, Oh man, I haven't played soccer in 20 years. I'm out of shape. You're not going to, you're running literally like maybe seven feet at a time. So it's do it, please do it. Uh, all right. With that, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some um, men's world cup qualifying kind of question mark. Right. <laughs> question mark. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You won't all right and welcome back uh let's do what the hell just happened uh literally what the hell just happened the men's world cup qualifying edition U.S. men's national team uh, started World Cup qualifying this year uh, in the octagonal, as we are referring to it on this podcast. Uh, last Thursday, September 2nd, El Salvador 0, U.S. men's national team 0. Um, the only good part of this game was that Christian Rodon and, and Alex Rodon, uh, Seattle Sounders players, played against each other uh, and uh, kind of got frisky with one another. Molly, Ooh, we do, you like any, that. do you have any thoughts on that? makes a great storyline that's i would love to be i would have given small fortune to watch this with mama rolled on that's all i got i mean so she she's she's the el salvadoran right i believe her uh i believe the so. father is guatemalan but kids the they were both born in the u.s um so i i believe i think i there were some podcasts i was listening to that um, Papa Roldan was wearing a U.S. jersey. Mama Roldan was wearing an El Salvadoran jersey. Apparently, like they were the the, the celebrities at uh, at the San uh, uh, the stadium in El Salvador on uh, Thursday. Honestly, the best part of that game was those two exchanging jerseys at the end of it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, there was there was actually really, a really great point where Christian Roldan kind of like kind of like shoulder checked his 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 brother, and I was like, all right, yeah. Fucking conky cap, oh. baby. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's go. Little, little brother cap there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does that, though. Christian goes after his brother so much. It's so fucking funny. Isn't that brothers? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. He pulled a similar, got- like, not quite similar, but along the same lines of I'm the big brother, you're the little brother. When Alex went into goal for us against San Jose. Christian went to Alex and was like, hey, you're in goal. He had no fucking say in it. Christian volunteered it. And I'm like, yes, I love these two. That is that is pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, so that was the, the I mean, I guess that was not technically the highlight of the uh, of the first uh, CONCACAF qualifying matches. Uh, everybody drew Mexico beat Jamaica. Um, Two to one on a on a very dodgy late penalty. Uh, 
as Mexico is wont to get uh, in CONCACAF. 89th fucking minute. Yeah. Without fans, because they, this was the this was the game that they had to serve their suspension. The first of presumably further suspensions for uh, using the homophobic chant. Um, uh, the, again, we talked about that last week, that their ban was uh, reduced from two games to one game, mostly because I think Mexico is going to use their women's team as the second game, which is uh, not fucking cool. So, um, so, yeah, hopefully FIFA and CONCACAF uh, can figure that out. And that brings us to yesterday, Sunday, September 5th, U.S. men's national team uh, versus Canada in Nashville. Games finish, games finish 1-1. Um, MJ, there's a lot of lineup changes. Why don't you walk us through them? Well, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll just say that there were six lineup changes and eight if you count that Brendan Aronson was, instead of playing in the midfield, playing as a winger, and he switched sides, and uh, Suji Ras switched sides. So that's a lot. Uh, someone called West McKinney, who played in the midfield against El Salvador, for some reason he wasn't in the lineup. We'll get to that more later. Yeah, um, it was a you know interesting. Uh, Gio Reyna was not in this lineup because of he suffered an injury at the end of the El Salvador match, so he was out. He watched from the sidelines and actually. Uh, has already gone back to Germany for recovery. Um, Christian Pulisic comes back from uh, COVID, uh, finally up to fitness. Uh, and then MJ, as MJ alluded, McKinney was out for uh, uh, violating team COVID protocol. So he wasn't in a, any sort of COVID quarantine. He was suspended for violating the team protocols. And and no one knows exactly what that means. Um I listened to sex for sure. I, well, here's the thing. So uh, he was no, suspended. That, that, no, that's the thing. That's what happened. No, no, no. So here's the thing. He was suspended by Juventus back in, was it April, MJ? I don't know the time, but yeah, I, you know, we're, this is absolutely ridiculous that he's done this twice. You know, he's heard his club team Juventus for violating team, uh, protocols and then a similar thing now i mean it, the juventus thing it was a party he went to a party so during he, the pandemic he hosted a dinner party with like more that more people than was allowed like with like 10 people and i think in italy at the time you could only have like six people who are not affiliated with your household or whatever when um, you're going in you got a party i'm not trying to i'm not trying to make any excuses for it. like we don't we don't specifically know what he did to I do uh, was unprotected sex. I mean, that's what everybody assumes, and it's fucking Nashville, and it's there's just bachelorette parties all over the place. Did West does Weston McKinney fuck? He absolutely fucks. That goes without saying, Jess. Does I know you know that. Probably yes. not. No, the guy not. the guy's not the smartest individual in the world. He probably fucks uh uh raw dog and <laughs> and is always regrets it. Probably fucks. I mean Someone should send Weston McKinney um, this most recent uh, Supreme Court shadow docket ruling where, you know, abortions basically going to be illegal in pretty much every goddamn state in the United States. So he, someone should probably send that to him because probably shouldn't be raw dogging it uh, anymore. Weston, just FYI, he wants to keep his millions. that's a that's a Dave's I know um, that's a service announcement from Dave's I know to Weston McKinney. 
please stop raw dogging it. Please. For the love of God, just stop raw dogging America. It. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but here's the thing. I was listening to um, the uh, Grant Wall podcast earlier this afternoon, and he has Landon Donovan on the podcast after uh, U.S. men's national team matches. And he's like, I know what happened. I'm not going to say anything. Bastard. But I know, and I'm disappointed. I'm very, he's like, I think he said, I think he said, I'm very, 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 he used three varies. I'm very, very, very disappointed in Weston McKinney. Landon Donovan saying he's very, very disappointed. Yeah. Landon <laughs> so Donovan. He, he like killed a prostitute. Yeah. That, Cause like if Landon Donovan's just like, I like three varies, that's more than raw dog. That's something wrong. <laughs> to be fair, David is very, very, very disappointed in me every Monday. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just my standard operating procedure, MJ. I, I'm sure you know that. So, um, anyways, so that's not good. That's not good. And he's actually, well, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but he's out for the next game too. They, um, Greg Berhalter literally sent him home. He's like, go back to Italy, um, you terrible person, and stop you affecting the team. <laughs> All right. What's, what's very, <laughs> Yes, Arrivederci. Very good. God damn it, Jess. Just fucking coming in off the top rope. You're a French expert. Now you know Italian. Off the top rope, as as you are wont to do. Um, All right, so (laughs) U.S. men's national team won. The Canadian men's national team won. Um, Anything that you want to talk about, MJ, besides the goals, uh, which I think were both very, very pretty and very, like, aesthetically pleasing. Um, The rest of the game... Not so much, but the goals were so really good attacking chances. One where basically Pulisic put put it off the post, but in doing so, he attracted more defenders because he basically cut into uh, people's space, and people didn't cut out of that space into Pulisic's like spot. So, like that went off the post, and then we had another one that went awry because Tyler Adams decided to give a yellow card. And fuck up another attacking chance. That's two good chances that were, you know, of just us not being on the same page. Yeah. That uh that shot off the post was in the 40th minute, and it was probably the US's best uh open play attacking chance. Um, the one you referred to that was in the 60 was it 69th minute, I think. Um was I think from a set piece. So miss US men's S team. I was gonna say I was gonna. Frody and slip Minnesota, Minnesota team um, did not have much uh, good looks from the, from open play and only really um, produced from the uh, set pieces. However, uh, their goal, um, Minnesota score, or sorry, again, Frody and slip us scores from the 55th minute. Uh, Brandon Aronson from a, a gorgeous pass across the box from uh, Anthony Robinson, who I think solidified his place uh, as, as a starter going forward for the, for the men's national team on the left-hand side. Um, any thoughts on this goal from anybody other than it was fucking great. And I jumped and I pumped my fist. Like you did. I did. Yeah. I was at, I was at the black heart. I jumped <laughs> up from my chair. I was in the middle of like five, five people. And I just fucking fist. <laughs> it was awesome. And the then seven, it, even better. I knew what. And then seven minutes later, it, it sucked. So <laughs> Mirror image goal, by the way. Yeah. 
so yeah, like, so we we can talk about the 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 Canada goal too. Um, the Canada, yeah. Uh, Alfonso <laughs> Davies um, just absolutely torches uh, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, uh, bravely playing on the right hand side, uh, having having to come in for Des, uh, who was injured in the was like forty like forty third minute, forty fourth minute, um, and when you are level with Kyle Davies, you are behind Kyle Davies or uh, Alfonso Davies. And then Kyle Lahren, um, just nobody marking him in the box. And he and Davies has a just a gorgeous cross. Uh, and Kyle Lahren with a tap in. Basically, like I said, MJ, mirror images of, of goals of each other. In both cases, the center backs or the weak side backs were not with their butts to the net, looking at everything coming at them. They're chasing from behind. They're ball watching. And by the time they see where the people they're supposed to be marking are, it's too late. Uh, all right, and then I guess the last thing for the game before we get to our Freddie Adu is, is um, so 62nd minute, um, Canada scores the goal. They're bringing on um, Tyson, uh, uh, Tejan Buchanan and Jonathan David. We're bringing on nobody until the 83rd minute when we finally bring on Rolled on for Legette, uh, Josh Sargent for Brendan Aronson, and uh, Conrad De La Fuente for PFOC, which seems like I don't, I don't even understand why. I mean, I do understand because we are Minnesota fans, um, the three, three of the four of us on this podcast. So we understand terrible fucking substitutions at terrible fucking times, which yeah. is what these were. Because <laughs> why the f- we get down. But yeah, but so I'll throw it to Molly. Molly. As, as a fan of, of a team that actually makes subs at proper times, what the fuck, I don't man? Give so much credit. I'm like, honestly, don't give us that much credit because like, we have waited a long time for a coach to make subs at appropriate times. Um, sorry, I was looking something up in the background because I, I had a question. I was trying to figure something out. But honestly, I got nothing. I was happy to see Roll Done. It's about the only time I actually started paying attention outside the goals. I had to rewatch the Canada goal three times this morning because I was like, we'll, we'll get there, I promise. <laughs> but I got really nothing. Just, <sighs> yeah. Yes, men's national teams continue to be uh, let down. Go ahead, MJ. It's like when we have three attackers all kind of in the same spot so that it can be defended by two people. And then we have wings or wingbacks that are crossing to nobody on the far weak side because we all of our attackers are huddled up by the box. They all want to be the center forward. And then we're making these crosses to nobody or these long balls that are have a just very small percentage chance of connecting with anybody. And then subbing three subs in the 83rd minute. And I just want to know what was said in that Burhalter to Adrian Heath phone call? Because I swear that phone call happened. It's uh, it it, it was it's depressing because <laughs> that is, I mean, if you're a if you're not a Minnesota United fan, like this is this is our fucking existence every goddamn week is the 83rd minute, three subs or two subs or or a sub, and you're just like they're too late or they're the wrong well, one. Why? Yeah. And, you know, what's, you know, whatever. Uh, 
Greg Berhalter's hands were a bit tied in this match, um, especially with suspending McKenny and uh, and Reyna being out and Zach Steffen being, you know, unavailable and all that. And so, you know, his hands were certainly tied, but also, you know, whatever. Uh, all right, let's move on to our Freddie Adus. Let's start with the United States. Uh, we're going to go with, with, we can go with both matches for the United States. I'm kind of using this as my... Um, metric for for my Freddie Adu's and I'll start I'm gonna say my good Freddie Adu uh is Matt uh, Matt Turner um dude stepped up uh he's been the best goalie in MLS this year I think um at least most consistent consistently best I think uh our friend Molly here may have some questions you may throw some Stefan Fry into there but Matt Turner I think has been the best and he's he, he literally has I think solidified his spot as the number one going forward for the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, my shitty Freddie Adu, uh, and this is shitty, is fucking Weston McKinney. Dude, you had one job, um, especially now that we've we've uh, heard that he's gonna, he was sent home, sent back to Italy, and will not be playing the second game against Honduras, um, or third game against Honduras. Like, dude, one fucking job. One week. Just don't be a fucking dickhead. And the guy's a dickhead, so he... When you're a dickhead, you get my uh, shitty Freddie Adu um, without fail. So, um, MJ, who do you got for your for your Freddie Adu's for the U.S.? Good Freddie Adu goes to Brendan Aronson. He was in the Canada game and in the El Salvador game. I thought his his dribbles on the ball were great. He kept creating space for himself and his teammates, both with the ball and without the ball. And he helped set up that that goal in the game against Canada. So Brendan Aronson gets my good Freddie Adu. My he shitty Freddie Adu. He scored the goal, man. He didn't set it up. Sorry, he sorry. scored it. Well, he set it up the and goal. then he scored it. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. If you want and, something done right, you better do it yourself. That's right. My shitty Freddie Adu goes to um, Jonathan Brooks, who, with the ball, looked pretty darn good. Like he was helping create attacking chances without the ball. He looked a little lost and, you know, he was the one that should have been marking Kyle Aaron on their goal. All right. I'm going to fight you about John Anthony Brooks, but I will, uh, another time, uh, Molly, who do you got? Uh, do you have some good Freddie adios and shitty Freddie adios? I only have a shitty one. Okay. Go for it. That's um, fine. and this is, I take this one kind of personal because I've been watching him play for a very long time. But fucking DeAndre Edlin <laughs> caught ball watching yet again. He looks like what, I can't. Okay. I have been watching this kid play since he was with the Sounders U23s in the PDL when he was going up against my kids at Pumas. And he still does some shit he should have grown out of and like I will argue this all day long. I know some fans here who love him, worship the ground he walks on. I still don't fucking get it because he gets, he was caught ball watching in this particular game. We all saw it. He was a step slower. And as Yuri said, if you're a step slower, you're, you're fucking gone. You can't do that at this level. But he turns into a hacktastic little <laughs> bitch when he gets desperate. And we were on the verge of seeing it again last night. I know, hundred um, percent. Uh, Jess, who do you got for the U.S.? I just say everyone that continues to watch Conca Calf 
and knows what we mean by CONCACAFE, you are my Freddie and bullshit and good. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the uh, oh, that hurts. The, the ultimate version of the we'll, we'll talk about what the other CONCACAFE means uh, in a little bit here. So let's do let's do Canada quick. I'm gonna go. Um, and Alfonso Davies, uh, that dude just fucking just wrecked the U.S. anytime he had the ball, which was actually we didn't really talk about like the logistics of the game and all that, but like the U.S. kept attacking on the right hand side. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we like, that's where Alfonso Davies plays. And it was pointed out to me by um, one Bruce McGuire did at, at do on Twitter uh, was like, yeah, if, if Alfonso Davies is going backwards, he's not going forwards. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's that's brilliant. But he he still had a, a really good game. Obviously, he set up the, the Kyle Aaron goal. Uh, and then my shitty Freddie to do is Scott Kennedy, who looked like he was a goddamn um, what is the the uh, I should know this because I have a fucking kid, Dory the Dora the forgetful the fish. No, no, Dory the forgetful fish in the Finding oh, Nemo uh, franchise. Finding yeah, he looked like he like he's like had no fucking idea what he was doing. He was um almost put in an own goal. Uh, was definitely at fault for the Brendan Aronson goal. To MJ's point about a a uh, center back not tracking back and not tracking the weak side. Uh, that dude fucking sucked this game. So. Uh, MJ, who do you got? I have for my good Freddie Adu for Canada, Heath Listener, Kyle Aaron. Okay. And for my shitty Freddie Adu, I have can't hit the broadside of a barn, Kyle Aaron. So you have a you have a true Adu. I do have a true Adu. True Adu. True Adus are are uh, weirdly often on this podcast, but congratulations, MJ. In good the job. True spirit of the Freddie Adu Awards. Yeah. Uh, Molly, who do you got for your, your Freddy Deuce for Canada? Or, uh, honestly, or or El Salvador? Honestly, I didn't. I I love El Salvador for different reasons. Like, I got nothing bad to say against them, especially when they're starting my Seattle U boy. But for Canada, I went with Davies for both because, yes, he did wreck the U.S., but he was also turning into a whiny little bitch for quite a bit of that game. And I can't stand that in a player of that level. Just shut the fuck up and get to the game. Like, we get it. You're good. Play already. <laughs> like, I just, I'm so tired of the whining in men's soccer. Cool. Sorry, you have to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, honestly. It is. Have you, uh, no, I'm, like, uh, I'm gonna stop myself there. Uh, all right. Um, so Minnesota, or so sorry again, Minnesota. U.S. Yeah. Minnesota team has uh, one more match uh, this uh, cycle against Honduras. It's on Wednesday, September eighth. I believe kickoff has been moved to nine thirty p.m. Central Time. Uh, that's seven thirty over there on the West Coast for for Molly and for uh, Rob, our only other West Coast listener. Um, Weston McKinney, as I mentioned, he's out for this game. He has been sent back to Italy for violating COVID protocol. This is a, uh, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend much time talking about this, but like, as I, I'm a U.S. men's national team fan and I know MJ is as well. Molly, I'm, I'm assuming you are. And yeah. yes, I think you probably like occasionally watch men Maybe. play soccer. Accidentally. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, this is a, this, I think, 
every every other podcast I've listened to is basically this needs to be a three point game. Um, I think one point will be not border like it would be borderline Berhalter out. Um, if they lose this game, I think the Berhalter out chorus is going to get really fucking big. If it's five points, if they get three points out of this game and they end up with five points, I think it'll be like okay, let's give them, we'll give them another another run in uh, uh, in October. So do you guys have any other specific thoughts about this game or ways you see it playing out? MJ? Yeah. It's oh, going to be on a about. shitty pitch in Honduras. Yeah. And we better learn how to cut towards the ball because on shitty pitches, yeah, you can go long passes in the air, but they're not that practical. Yeah. In the sense of being high percentage, so I'm judging the pitch short. so harshly. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Maybe they don't live in a climate that endears itself to non-native grasses. To be to be fair, MJ and Jess, normally they play this on a shitty pitch uh, at like two thirty in the afternoon. They're playing this one on a shitty pitch at like ten thirty at night in Honduran time. So, um, a less shitty pitch. Question mark, Molly. What do you have? What are your thoughts on I, that? I'm laughing because um, I've watched Sounders in Concacaf Champions League, and shitty pitches are. Oh, wow, I will. I don't bitch about turf that often, and I won't after watching Concacaf. Um, I'm just kind of curious as to know where you guys are on the. Bur- are you Burhalter in right now? Or are you Burhalter out? Uh, let's see. I, I'm on, I'm at DEFCON three. So <laughs> like on the precipice of, of inching into, and, and as someone who has been, and Molly, I say this as someone, and you should know if, if you've listened to this podcast at all, um, I've been fucking Heath out since 2017, since we hired the fucking guy. So like, I know Before we hired him. Before we hired the guy, I've been Heath out. Um, I know what uh, it means to be an out, a Heath out person or a, a somebody out person. Um, so I think I'm DEFCON 3. I think if, if we get one point, he sticks around. Am I going to enjoy it? Probably not. Does it make sense? Probably yes. Um, if, it's, if, we, if we lose in Honduras... I mean, the other, the other problem is, like, who the fuck do we bring in? I mean, I guess <laughs> uh, Bob Bradley's contract's done at the end of the year with uh, L.A., so you mm. probably bring in Bob Bradley again to do the thing that Bruce Arena tried to do four, <laughs> five years ago. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. So I, 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 I'll, let, I'll let MJ and uh, Jess, if they, if they want to say how, how much Berhalter out they are. It doesn't have the same ring as Heath out uh, as a hashtag either, though, so. I would say that I'm at uh, Homeland Security Terrace level blue, which is guarded. You know, it's above green, but we're not to the elevated yellow, like, significant risk of attack. And which is funny because if you watch the, the U.S. men's national team play, there is no significant risk of attack. That is true. Jess, how are, how are you feeling on um, Jess is on Kakaf out. So. <laughs> That's fair. And probably actually the thing that everybody right. should do be speak Kakaf <laughs> out. Like fuck Kakaf. This yeah, region is like, fucking You dumb. guys are like, oh, you'll learn what it means. He, he, he. I'm like, oh, I know what it means now. 
piece. No, just avoid it. Out. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. All right, let's let's run quickly through some other uh, World Cup qualifier stuff. No, we're not going through. We're not yeah. going. We're not going through the rest of the of Europe. We're just gonna hit on uh, the Minnesota United players who are playing in World Cup qualifying tournaments. Uh, so Romain Metnir playing for Madagascar. Uh, he's in uh, CAF Group J with Benin, um, the Congo, and Tanzania. Uh, on Thursday the second, they lost Benin. Benin. Is it Benin? Benin. Yeah. yeah. It depends on if you pronounce it the French way or the English way. Okay. What's the, the proper way? Is it the French way? Benin. Yeah. The, she, Jess is pronouncing it the French way. Okay. Um, if you were in England or the United States, you would say Benin. Okay. A team uh, from the French Africa. French way, by the way. That, that they, they lost to one to nothing. Uh, Metinier played the full 90 in that game. Um, wait, how is Metinier playing for Madagascar? He's Malagasy, he's from Mad. He, he is, yeah, he is. Uh, Are they a Francophone Madag- country? Yes, yes, they, they were, they were, uh, yeah, they were a colony of, of France. Crazy talk, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm only aware of the Cote d'Ivoire. Well. The French um, <laughs> were uh, colonial assholes as well. Uh, yeah. Not not just All the English, up and down Africa. Not just the English and or the Dutch uh, <laughs> or the U.S. for that matter. Or like, the Germans. Or the Germans. Yeah. Lots of lots of people were colonial assholes. So um, the French were one of them. So uh, MJ, you you said that Menier was partially responsible for the Benin goal. The only goal came off of a bit of Benin corner kick and two Malagasy defenders jump up with Steve Mounier. Steve Mounier who plays for Stade Retois Van Nuf and uh, I expect our French professor to correct me on my, on my pronunciation. <laughs> no, you get down with your bad self. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so the thing is, is Steve Mounier he plays in Ligue 1. He's pretty darn good he has ups he's got springs in his knees whatever like as high as Miller can jump this guy rose like at least a foot higher and so it was a pretty easy header you know all right so yeah so Madagascar loses their first game uh one to nothing um they play next uh this morning uh this podcast either may or may not be in your feed by the time they play Tanzania at 8 a.m um but they're gonna play Tanzania at 8 a.m. And then the other Minnesota United player, Yuko Bratala, uh, he's playing for Finland in UEFA Group D with France, Ukraine, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Kazakhstan. They played on Wednesday. Uh, Finland played Wales, a one or zero zero friendly. Uh, Yuko Bratala played 73 minutes at the right fullback position, not the normal left fullback position that we have him slotted in here at Minnesota United. Uh, and then on Saturday, they played Kazakhstan in their group. Uh, they won one to nothing. Uh, Red Tala was on the bench, but did not play in that game at all. Uh, MJ, what are your thoughts on uh, Yuko Tala? It's great that he got a game in the friendly. I assume that was the Finnish coach playing a lot of players who don't normally get playing time to see whether he wanted to use them. But then coach Marco uh, Canevra, uh, plays a three five two and that means that 
Hugo Rotella is probably not one of the three center backs or one of the wing backs for the three five two. So probably not. They play again uh, tomorrow today. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast uh, against France in France at one forty five. Uh, Finland right now is in second place in their group, uh, four points behind France. And they have, but they have two games in hand on the French national team, which has been on. They've been in kind of a skid the last uh, the last few matches. Uh, and Robin Lude, I think, would easily be in this Finland team if he was healthy. He's obviously clearly recovering from an injury. Should be available probably by uh, probably by the eleventh. But um, um, Lude's replacement, Paul Polo, uh, scored the winning goal. Finland. Well, there you go. There you go. And then uh, MJ, uh, do you want to talk about Korea versus Iraq? Fuck no. I mean, uh, yes, it was a 0-0 draw. We didn't have a lot of our best players, uh, but we still should have won because it was at home versus Iraq. And Iraq's pretty good, but like in Korea, you know, with them being jet lagged, it, it, it just shouldn't have been an issue. I mean, I, I didn't watch this game, but sure. It sounds like you're yeah, pretty passionate about it. So, uh, all right. It just shouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. I was so excited for them to get a win without any Sun Hyung Min hype at all. Like, hey, not that we don't need that guy, but it was just like, yeah, like we're fine. But no, no, we're not fine. Uh, all right. Bring us into our next segment, NJ. Well, usually we have a once a loon or get to know a loon segment this time let's do once a kick because we have someone who actually has researched nasl 1.0 and knows something about the kicks so molly who do you want to talk about in our uh, once a kick segment i always want to talk about freddie goodwin and y'all are going to get tired of me talking about freddie goodwin but y'all had a busby babe as your head coach like that's fucking crazy uh, to me a busby babe what's that so i can't remember the exact year when the plane crap when manchester united went up to germany to play a game on the way back the plane went down and crashed lost a bunch of players freddie goodwin was not on that flight he was at home but the coaches named matt busby at the time and the surviving members of that team have always been referred to as the busby babes Again, he, Scottish national, I have a soft spot for Scottish head coaches. I don't know why, but him and Jimmy Gabriel. I'm like, it's the, I don't know. They're, they're unapologetic about who they are more so Mm -hmm. than like American coaches tend to be, especially in the seventies. And it's just no bullshit to the point. And I find it refreshing. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be my pick. I'm still baffled by his his journey of from Scotland to Man U to I think he played for Scunthrope. I'm probably pronouncing some of these teams wrong, but to be courted so heavily by a group of people that wanted him by the ownership group of the Minnesota Kicks and him being like, well, no, you know, I'm not interested. And they kept coming back. Well, what if we gave you complete, you can sign who you want. You can recruit who you want. You can not only coach, but be the manager. You can do everything. Like it's your show. And for them to give him such complete control is unheard of nowadays. 
especially yeah. nowadays. No one would give that up now. Yeah, like that job is broken up between seven people now. <laughs> and yeah. they're all making six figs, by the way. Yeah, you know. He, he was pre- then, Yeah, he was president of the Minnesota Kicks, which is like unheard of at that at that time. And you know, his first season, their first season, 76, he took him to soccer ball. That's unheard of. I think only one other team did it in their inaugural season, and we don't talk about them. Um, uh, I think it was I think it was Portland. Yeah. Oh, dirty. Yeah, because I think Portland did it in '75. I don't like them. Well, the only reason Minnesota got a team is because of Portland, but that's a whole <laughs> another and rabbit, I still whole have them. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I don't blame you. I will admit that their fans were the least of our troubles when we were watching Sounders games in San Francisco because San Jose fans were are, for Sounders fans, San Jose fans are much more of a threat. But yeah, I'm like, I can ramble. So. But he would be my pick. And again, if anybody who's listening has stories or please reach out. Former Minnesota Kicks coach Freddie Goodwin, everyone. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> if, you, if you have any uh, any thoughts or, or um, memories of Freddie Goodwin, please reach out to us. We'll connect you with Molly for sure. So, and and we'll obviously she'll she'll give you her Twitter handle and e- uh, email at the end of the podcast as well. So doesn't have any Niners. Yeah. So no. Yeah. No Niners in her Twitter handle. So. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will uh, we'll finish up this very, very fun podcast, a very long podcast with a uh, uh, tactical schmactical with an actual Seattle fan so that we don't have to, like, make up who uh, who's actually on the fucking team. So we'll be right back <laughs> after this. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both All right, we are back. Uh, we have a, a few things to talk about before we break down the uh, Seattle Sounders and Minnesota United match this uh, upcoming weekend. Let's start with uh, Gopher. Gopher women's soccer. Gopher soccer. I should not. Women's not even the thing. Gopher soccer. Yeah. Um, they played a couple of games this week. Uh, MJ, how do they do? The, your Gopher soccer gala, Thursday, September 2nd, they played the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a very good team from the sec that it ended up in a nil nil tie because we call them ties in ncaa and then on sunday september 5th at 1 p.m the gophers played the wyoming cowgirls and won four nothing i expected them to be dominant izzy brown gets a brace she transferred in from university of north carolina so that's a very good soccer school uh kyer harper freshman gets on the board and uh, Sophia Bowman also scores. And once again, Plashko and that newly revamped back line get another clean sheet. If you, haven't, I- if you haven't watched the Gophers ever, come out, watch a home game. It's super fun. I paid $9 for my ticket. And they play at, um, honestly, one of the uh, best places to watch a soccer match in the, in Minnesota at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie stadium. 
Uh, it's a grass field. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you have a chance to get out and watch, and they have several games coming up in uh, in the fall here, so get out and watch. Go for soccer. Um, you can also uh, yell at Matt, Matt Provatsky in the in the uh, press box because he's up there. Who's he? Oh, Matt's Matt's a good guy. Hi, Matt. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, Minneapolis City, MJ. You don't know. We have a we have a very big uh, we have a very, very big friendly coming up with Ford Madison uh, tonight, Tuesday at 7 p.m. If you're listening to this podcast now, if you get in your fucking car and drive <laughs> like the Dickens, you will be in Madison probably by 10 a.m. So you can hang out in Madison, have a have a couple beers, eat some cheese curds. Um, you know, whatever you do in Madison, like, uh, but countess. what I Minneapolis love about city V4 Madison, <laughs> tell us MJ. Like, what I love about lower league soccer is on Twitter. Several uh, Crows fans were asking, Hey, where are the Minneapolis city pregame party at? And the flock, you know, the Madison for Madison flamingos, the flock reaches out their supporters group. Hey, we're pregaming here. Join us. Yeah. Drink 90 drink. This is what lower league soccer is about. I love it. And we're going to see two pros get their debut in this friendly. Debuting with the Mingos? That seems like a big deal. It's kind of a big deal because um, Ekuse, who is a goalkeeper for the Corin FA and with the Minneapolis City Futures. And as you know, a lot of the coaches from Minneapolis City have been helping out the Corin FA and it's just great to see that yield fruit, not just in making the Korean FA better, but giving some of the better Korean FA players a chance to play with Minneapolis City. Like we say, if the goalkeeper is one of them, he will probably get playing time. He's not just going as a backup keeper. He's going to get some playing time uh, against the Mingo. game face on. And also, former Minnesota Thunder Academy and Lakeville midfielder Tyler David, who was last seen with Union Omaha, will get to, uh, his Crow debut as well. He is the son of Trinidadian and Steve David, who played with a bunch of NASL 1.0 teams, including the Miami Toros, Los Angeles Aztecs, Detroit Express, California Surf, San Diego Soccers, and the not yet called Clash San Jose Earthquakes. Well, there you go. We probably should uh, try and get uh, Steve David on. Yeah, I think Molly, so. Molly's podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You guys are so popular. Uh, all right, and then uh, <laughs> our, our our last segment before the end of the podcast. Uh, how did uh, hashtag Dave bets MLS do this weekend? Um, listen, man, I've made so much fucking money over the course. I've made over a thousand dollars over the course of the last three weeks. Did you pick the toilet bowl of Cincinnati versus Inter Miami? correctly um hold on i need to i need to move this zoom window so i can pull up my uh, spreadsheet that i that i keep for all this i guess I, 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 <laughs> I picked i picked miami correctly i definitely picked miami on, on that one so um Smart. the only ones i lost on I, I picked draws for the nashville nyc game a draw for sporting kansas city and lafc and a draw for San Jose and Colorado, all the games were fucking won by a team. 
uh, MLS is fucking weird that way Crazy. sometimes. Who does yeah. that? I don't know. It's weird. So I, I went from being down about $2,000 like in week 20 to being only down about $760 uh, in week 23. So, so don't bet this. Doing pretty good. No, no. Like you, have, you have to pick and choose when and or when not you fade my picks. Don't fade my picks when I'm doing good, but definitely fade them every other time. And <laughs> on, honestly, just sock betting on soccer is hard because there's draws, and so it's not just like picking a winner or a loser. Like I you, know it's crazy, man. There's fucking draws and shit. These so. ties, you know, for horse racing. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of speaking of gambling, um, let's bet uh, this uh, the Sounders match here coming up. Uh, tactical, Sounders, tactical, schmactical. Sounders are uh, minus one twenty to win. Minnesota is plus three twenty. That's a very intriguing number. Uh, a draw is plus two seventy five, and the over under on goals is two and a half. Um, MJ, what are the other facts that we should know before we start talking about who we should be looking at? As Molly can tell you, Seattle has won three out of the last four games, but their last four home games lost to Sporting Kansas City, lost to San Jose 1-0, a 1-1 draw versus Dallas, and then that Portland game that Molly probably doesn't want to talk about. Do you want to talk about Molly? No. Fair enough. No, we don't, we don't have to. You have season tickets. Did you go to all four of those home games? Um, no, I skipped. I actually missed the home game against Portland because COVID Delta. Um, and I saw the lines to get in because I don't know how widely advertised it was. Like, I don't know if this was well known throughout MLS, but the rain played the Thorns before the Sounders game that night mm. at CenturyLink or whatever. I still call it that. It will always be CenturyLink. Um, yeah, but I saw the lines and just all of it made me go, nope, no, because people were waiting in line for like an hour to get in. And I had friends text me going, hey, our gate, it's only going to take five minutes. But I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with where the stadium is in Seattle. It's not a great part of town to be walking through in the dark as a woman. Like, you don't do it. Right. And part of me was like, you know what? I don't want to walk home after a seven o'clock kickoff through Pioneer Square to go catch a bus on a Sunday when I can stay at home and watch it in my PJs. Right. <laughs> so that's what I did. So I did go to the San Jose one. I've been sitting, I haven't been down in the supporter section for a while. I'm planning to be for this, for this, um, the Minnesota game currently planning to be but honestly yeah i didn't miss anything <laughs> totally fair totally fair all right so let's talk about and and normally this is the part of the, of the podcast where mj and i pontificate on players and coaches on the teams that we're playing and then just and i make myself laugh yeah just uh <laughs> Uh, just like has very specific thoughts about people like um, um, Christian Aldon and and, uh, and and like very specific players. Um, however, 
I just want to lay out for you. Like, like the I, I, we, we, to shush me. what's that? Like the one that tried to shush me. Espinosa. Yeah, I know. You have very specific thoughts. And I'm like, cool. That's good for you. <laughs> um, anyways, how about we lay out for you and you tell us. So who are the players, coaches, the, 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 the people that we should be um, paying attention to uh, on the Minnesota side? Um, yeah, like just. It, it, I'm sure I've. We have thoughts. We'll probably jump in and whatever. Um, but yeah, like who is the most important players, uh, and for Seattle Sounders? Oh God, where do we start? Um, I don't. I see. I don't even know where to start because I, I'm a very much a big fan of a silent defender, and I think O'Neill is filling that role really nicely for us of just a consistent silent defender. I. So he's always going to be on my pick list, considering he wasn't really, he was one of those signings for us that not a lot of people really paid attention to. But if you saw it, you're like, oh, hmm, okay, that's kind of interesting. How's that going to work? I've been very happy, like personally, I've been very happy. I think we're going to be, it's too early to tell if Stefan Fry is going to be back. And if that's the case, he tends to have your guys' number. Yes, <laughs> that is yeah, I, I wanted to mention that because like Stephen Fry possibly back. We, we got we had Cleveland's number when he was here, but uh, yeah, Fry has our number for some reason. So, I mean, in your defense, Fry has a lot of people's numbers. Like, there, there's a reason. If you ever go to Sounders game and you see a bunch of us with this little star tattoo, there's a reason for that. Um, he's he's arguably I, when he's on his game the best American goalkeeper right now. Yeah, but like his health, that w- there was an additional setback with the blood clots that was kind of scary. Yeah. So there was rumors he'd be starting with um, the Defiance this week, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't see them just throwing him into goal. Just hey, you haven't played in how many months? We're going to start you now. Like I don't see that happening. I don't think our coaching staff. I don't think Dutra is that careless with what he does with his goalkeepers um i also i just read that australia plays in the morning against vietnam in their world cup qualifying so i'll be curious to see if brad smith comes back because i hadn't even thought about that and we're gonna i think we're gonna hurt without brad smith um you guys did just snipe freddie juarez from rsl to become an assistant coach when he was a head coach for a, for a team. So there's that. Yeah. And we still have an open coaching position. And I, I watched that press conference that Smets did like three times because that man knows so much about soccer in this area. It's mind boggling to me. Like it's just, he has forgotten more than most of us will ever know. Like, and he's just, if you ever get the chance to meet him, he is one of the kindest human beings you'll ever meet, too. Just absolutely nice man. Um, which I watched the Juarez interview, too, on his, like, second day here in Seattle. And I actually think he's going to be a better fit than even I thought. I do have some concerns for turning into RSL. <laughs> like, I'm seeing a little, like, yes, we have Garth, and yes, we have him now, but there's just... We've taken a, taken a couple other people from their front office into ours, and it's just I saw the rise and fall of RSL as we currently know them, and that scares me. 
I, I don't know. Will Bruno, I agree that Will Bruno is, I don't know. He turns, tends to turn it on against you guys, and it's hysterical to me. I just, you don't expect him to, and then there he is, and you're like, fuck that guy. And we're just like, hmm. I, I'm, I'm personally curious about the uh, uh, Adrian Unu versus the New Who battle that could potentially be happening. New Who, uh, for you guys, seems to be back. He, he, he did not play the last couple of games, but he did play in the All-Star game. Um, uh, Adrian Unu. So it's literally, it's like if you, it's the same fucking letters, just, just yeah, randomized. Uh, New Who versus Unu. Uh, I kind of want to, I kind of want to see that, that battle play out. What do you think? He was not called this time to be on the Cameroonian national team. Right. So he, yeah. he's, he's, he's available. fresh. Yeah. As is Adrian Unu as well. Yeah. He was not called up to the French national team. Um, my problem with Nuhu, and like I love him as much as one person can, and I don't openly make it a habit not to bash my players. We all have bad days. It's just you're you're a better person than us, Molly. <laughs> but consistency, not his strong suit. It's really right. not like he's gotten better, but so what you're saying is is attack uh Nuhu. <laughs> I think if you're gonna honestly, if you're gonna attack, go for Ladero. But who's back after being injured? Who's back after being injured? And when we first put him in, like when he first came back on the field, I don't think this is gonna be as much of an issue with the Roldan brothers being gone. But he did look a little confused <laughs> and just like, oh, oh my God, I'm back on the field. What do I do? I think we got lucky with Christian stepping up. And I have a very unpopular theory that Ladero's injury and frankly Morris's injury too was a good thing for Christian because it forced him to step up. Somebody had to, he did. It gave him a spot at the national team that may have otherwise been taken. Christian's been kind of lucky, but he's, we got so used to him covering so much of our midfield that when Ladero came back on, he just kind of was like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Because you seem to have got this. <laughs> and it caused, I th- I'm pretty sure that caused one of our losses. I think the San Jose one. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see if Ladero actually settles this time. I'm a little concerned that if we don't have both World on brothers, we're not going to get the crosses into the box that we've come to expect from Alex on a regular basis. Because I, I mean, again, I have a soft spot for anybody that played for CLU, but again, yeah, that's. That, that kind of leads us into our next segment is uh, how should United play them? And then we'll Molly, we'll give you the, uh, the floor for how Seattle should play Minnesota United. So MJ, how do how do you how do you want us to play uh, the Seattle Sounders? I would like to see us attack on use the full width of the pitch, and we're usually pretty good at getting the ball to our wings and our fullbacks. But you know, let's not have Will Trap try to feed 
uh, Reynoso up the middle every single fucking time. Um, well, that should be very easy because Reynoso will be should be back, and um, Will Trap is not Reynoso, so um, should be very easy for that. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see Robin Lude and um, uh, Unu uh, as like sort of like it, almost even if in a four four two, but it, maybe a uh, a four three one two <laughs> does that make sense is that is that enough players on the on the pitch yeah four three one two um with i don't know i just it, unu needs more support and yeah. as much as reynoso can give him um he clearly needs more support on the pitch so uh i think you know depending on i mean the i would assume the roll downs aren't playing in this game um, considering it is uh, Saturday after they play on Wednesday, they probably will. They, you know, they probably they would probably be available to come on, like as substitutes, I guess. But um, I'm guessing they're not starting and playing a full ninety. I also I think... assume Rui Diaz is out because he finally got called back to Peru after Peru didn't do so well without him. Right. Yeah. So the, the, you know, well, again... thought they weren't gonna gonna call him. Well, they didn't call him last time, and they paid the price. I mean, we yeah. didn't, but they did. Yeah, we, yeah. we can talk to Rodrigo about this. <laughs> yeah, we're well aware that his his national that the the Peru was not doing well without him. So. Yeah. Um. No. So I mean, you know, I I I, I kind of feel like this is a uh, this is a gold opportunity for Minnesota to to snipe points and potentially three points from Seattle in Seattle. Which they can then say, oh yeah, we didn't have the roll down brothers. Rui Diaz is coming back from Peru. They can make all the excuses that they want. Brad Smith, Australia, yada yada yada. Um, probably don't start Fry and Cleveland's in goal. So, uh, but I, I mean, honestly, I think there's assuming that our manager is not a fucking moron, which is a big assumption. Let's be fair. Up every time when you is do a, that. It's a big fucking moron. Um, um, there's a, there's a, there's a pass to victory in this game. So Jess, do you have any, uh, any other thoughts on how we should play uh, Minnesota United before I give it to Molly? Let's play. Okay. Molly. How should Minnesota United, or how should the Sounders play Minnesota United, assuming um, all of the the stuff? All first of the stuff. Hmm, tell first me off, your that. your coach is always going to be a giant jackass and not entirely know what he's doing, and we've come to expect that from him. I'm not a fan of Heath. Thank you. So, Join the club. You're on the right pod. Send me yeah, your no. address. Send me your address. I will mail you a beer that has literally teeth <laughs> out stout on it. Like you know, I'm, not, did... I'm not joking. Fucking send me your address because I will do I it. I will. Um, because I and I, I was thinking about the last time we played each other, and was it New Who that he touched and said something to? Mm-hmm. And if he touches one, who? What? Do you remember who it was? He, he put his hand on on the shoulder of of a Seattle Sounders. Yes, and he said something to them. Oh. And I... Wasn't it Diego? No, no. I think it was. I think it was Nuhu. I think it was Nuhu. I really. Oh, maybe it was Suzuka. Oh, I think you're right. I think actually, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know, but 
how about we uh, don't touch the other fucking team, like physically touch them as a coach? I That really put a bad taste in my mouth as far as management goes. Also, I loved watching Smetzer tattle on the fourth official, too, about Adrian Heath. That made my day. Uh, as far as playing you guys, honestly, I think we need to I'm kind of on the fence here because as much as I love, I do love an Ethan Finley. I do, but he's so inconsistent. Again, consistency is a, huh? Who doesn't love an Ethan Finley? I do. I mean, it's again, one of those players that if he's playing with you guys, love him every game. If he's playing against you, not my favorite. (laughs) He is really, really good about sneaking in through the back of, oh, Jesus. Sorry, I am being touched by a small furry creature. Um, he's really good at sneaking in past the that's defense. What, that's Ethan Finley for you. Small furry creature. Um, what are you doing in my apartment, sir? <laughs> but I think everything for the Sounders tends to go through the middle because we do have players like the Ladera, like the Roldans. I mean, for fuck's sake, look at Jao Paolo. And we just picked up another experienced midfielder from Colorado, I believe. Yeah. So maybe be a little bit careful. We need to be a little bit cautious of that. Honestly, I well, it depends on who we start, frankly. Because with possibility of Rio Diaz out, if we start Will Bruin, sure. He tends to hold not quite as high of a line as Rui Diaz does. So it's going to be interesting to see how him and potentially like a Montero play against each play up there together. Mm. I'm not the biggest Montero fan. I... <laughs> You're like the only Seattle fan that we know that is not a huge fucking Freddie Montero fan. So, Okay, I grew up in the same circles as his wife. We're familiar with each other. Like... Smets made a really good comment in his press conference the other day where um, the soccer community in this area is very small, very tight, but very, like, you know each other. Mm. And I'm just like, oof. Mm, like, one of these days I'll tell you guys some stories about Hope Solo that really just <laughs> grind my gears. <laughs> All right. Um, mark it down. Fucking trademarked. Yeah. Whenever you want to do that, let us yeah. know. I, I have, I yeah. have, a, I have, we have microphones. I have a, a podcast feed. We can, we can do that. So, yeah, I, mean, I honestly think this game is going to be one in our defense. Uh, in between, if we can get Ethan Finley and like just keep him the fuck away from our goal, and we don't have any massive goalkeeping mistakes like we did in our last game, it's we should be okay. I don't think we're going to win. I was going for a draw, personally. We tend to really like draw you guys for some reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was actually my next question, is is, is who wins and you, you're you saying the draw? You have, you have a, a draw. score prediction? Uh, honestly, 0-0. Zero, zero. Right. MJ? I see, uh, despite all the absences, uh, we have a bunch of European players that have very little experience playing on Field Turf 360, one of the worst services to play this game. 
and I can see Hawks. And I just don't see Unu if uh, Fragapani's back, if Lude's back, Reynoso. These players, they don't have a lot of experience playing on turf. It's going to be a rough transition, and we're going to still lose. I say we lose 2 1. Yeah. Okay. Didn't ask for a soliloquy, but 2 1 loss. It, it is me. All right, Jess, what do you got? Draw 1 1. All right, fuck you guys. 4 uh Minnesota United. So <laughs> let's fucking go. I'm like, somebody remembers that opening game. Bring it, Seattle. Let's fucking go. Fun game. That really was. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, and the last, l- last little bit, little bit of news that we want to talk. Um, did you guys watch Brazil Argentina yesterday in the, in the World Cup qualifiers? So I was watching this match. Um, and in, I want to say it was like the seventh or eighth minute. Brazilian uh, health officials. And manager and, and like and police officers ran out of the pitch to try to arrest four Argentinian players um, because they had uh, apparently lied about their travel dates or and, and or quarantine status. Um, it was absolutely bonkers. It was it was we talk about Concacaf, Jess. This was Kamaboli, right? It was like, oh, Concacaf, oh like Concacaf is going to Concacaf, and then Kamaboli is like, you know what? Toma mi cerveza, uh, please, uh, por favor. Uh, it was, it was kind of, <laughs> kind of insane. It was literally like they literally were trying to like arrest and deport these players off the pitch. Three of the four that were that were targeted were started. They, they all had uh, recently played in, in England and they claimed that they had lied on their visas or something or lied on their immigration paperwork. Yeah, their paper papers to get in. However, the Argentinian national team had been in Brazil for like four days before. So the fact that they waited until the game had already kicked off to go get them seems a bit weird. Anyways. Yeah, for everybody who's like, oh yeah, fucking Concacaf is is fucking Concacaf. I'm like, listen, my friends, uh, let me let me explain to you the wonders and the, the glory and the beauty that is Conmebol. Fucking, if you think it's weird in MLS with the the referees and and the non fouls and stuff, fucking Copa Libertadores, my friends, like. That is where you get your fucking rocks off because it is fucking weird over there. It's goddamn fucking weird. Uh, and that's comable uh, for everybody. So anyways, if you are interested in um, getting your rocks off, fucking comable. That's that's where to go. That's where I go uh, these days. So uh, all right. Anyways, um, so yeah, we have, we have a couple of questions from uh, our friend Justin Paul. MJ, can you, do you have those pulled up or do you need to pull them up? Okay. Uh, Justin Paul I, asks. I think uh, these are I think these are hockey questions, Molly. By the way, so I'm so here for this. <laughs> for the WHL, can the Thunderbirds and the Silvertips survive now that Seattle is in the NHL market? Hell yes, they can. Not only will they survive, they will thrive. There you go. Because when the NHL moves into town, what do they bring with them? Shit ton of money. And, like, I know how much I'm paying for my eight games worth of Kraken tickets. 
trust me, nothing makes me feel better about going to a WHL game for a seventh of the pr- ticket price. <laughs> you know who's really good? You know who's really good at uh, women's hockey? The Minnesota Whitecaps. Um, yes, I actually follow them. Yeah, they're really good at hockey. We're we're, we're really good at hockey here in Minnesota. So you Same. also have to keep in mind the state of Washington has four WHL teams. Not just Everett, Seattle, we've also got Tri-Cities and Spokane. So it's a good thing. And it's something like... <sighs> the Northeast is almost Canada. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's another league that you can hate Vancouver and hate Portland in. This is what it is. Wow. It really... Oh, God, it really it's is. <sighs> so Justin Paul's second question... What moments are your most remembered about Sounders USL era? Oh, what moments are most remembered about the Sounders USL era among the Sounders faithful? So this is, I'm not going to lie, this is a little bit before my time, but I have to say the stadium opening when we opened CenturyLink, um, because tradition is, is that you open it with a soccer game, so USL Sounders opened that game in 2004, opened that stadium, excuse me. But anytime you got to beat Portland, doesn't matter if it was home or away, it just, <laughs> it was kind of before MLS dug its nasty claws into it. And it was so much more fun. And maybe it's because it was just a fuck ton more rowdy. Um, <laughs> but I'd have to say that the opening of the stadium was a special moment, especially for the old school fans. There you go, Justin. Justin at this quiet Pessoa. Thanks for asking questions. Yeah. Um, well, Molly, thank you for joining us uh, on this. <laughs> Miranda, like marauding podcast that went through a bunch of different things. Um, so really appreciate you, you joining us. Um, please plug uh, all your things right now. Um, if anybody has stories about North American Soccer League or wants to share anything, please feel free to email me. The email is theladsofaugust at gmail.com. All one word. Like I lads. Lads yeah. of August. Actually, the whole entire thing is named after a Freddie Goodwin quote from 1976. Like it's a, this is all kind of part of my finding Freddie thing that I'm kind of obsessed with. Uh, if you want to tweet directly at me, you are more than welcome to. I'm at Crazy Calico. Yes, it is named after a cat. Um, it is who I am. Like the joke is that I'm the cat of the group. It always is. I'm cool with it. I have a tattoo of one. Um, yeah, I'm always, always around, always game for a chat. Hopefully next year I'll be able to come back out for a Minnesota away game or for our away game to Minnesota. I went to the first three, I believe the first three, the two at go, the two at Gophers and one at, is it a lot? Is, what do you I don't remember. The, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, what is it called again? I Alien, Alien's Field. 
<laughs> it's it's very pretty. I will give you guys that. It looks it, like an alien. It reminded me a little too much of Sporting Kansas City Stadium. <laughs> it's I think there's a definitely like use that as a template for for building Big, it. So kind of thing, yeah. Um. Hey. Well, you know, but but they changed it up enough. Um, Molly, thank you so much for for joining us. Hey. Please. If you have any connections to any NASL players or, or broadcasters or people, or Miguel Ibarra, yeah, <laughs> and or Miguel Ibarra, um, I mean, definitely yeah. message Jess at uh, Jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two, um, because she she definitely wants to talk to Miguel Ibarra, um, in whatever yeah. language she wants. Uh, yeah, at Crazy Calico, please again, if you if you again if you have any connections to uh. To those those folks, I think it sounds it sounds like a really awesome idea, and I will we'll try to help you where however we can in connecting you with with people that we know. Um, you can always rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Patreon.com slash Dave's I know and help support the Dave's that you know. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. If you again, if you have any uh, connections for Molly, please you can throw them there, or again throw them at Crazy Calico at Crazy Calico as well. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Again, Jess is at that aforementioned uh, long-ass Twitter handle. Niner. We have been the Dave. We have been the Dave. You know this is the Dave. As you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We, we, do, it. we uh, do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. We can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, we can't do nothing at all. GT.